welcome to Church in Maine. The podcast is at the intersection of faith and modern life. My name is Dennis Sanders, and I am your host. This is episode 138, which is yet another uh, solo episode. Uh, solo episode because, um, well, if you've been following these episodes, you know that I've been having some problems with uh, the platform that I use to uh, record interviews. It is not Zoom. It's another one. Um, but, um, and I've been having some issues with that. And um, I was actually getting ready to post a new one up this past week and um, was all ready for it. And um, it didn't work. Um, half of it did. And the other half, which I thought did work, only recorded three seconds of my audio. Um, it recorded the other guest's audio. And so we're going to have to basically redo that whole um, interview again. I could not recover it. Uh, this platform is actually now going to be my former platform. I'm going to be moving to a new one. Um, I do have some interviews coming up, hopefully, um, with some people. And so hopefully next week you'll have some new ones. And I also have some other um, interviews coming up. Um, that I, I'm working on. So um, please be patient. But in the meantime, I am putting uh, up one of the videos that I do for my church, which is First Christian Church Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, uh, which is in Roseville, Minnesota. And um, the one that I focused on this week is um, very apropos to the season, um, Did Jesus Die for Our Sins? Um, it's kind of based on a meme and a, an article that came out that both kind of question whether Jesus really did die for our sins um, or did Jesus do something or did, what was Jesus' death all about? So I kind of go into talking about that in this video. And um, so that is the video. And I, I wanted to, um, to spend about a week and a half of no episodes. I wanted to at least put something up and um, but uh we will have another episode, an interview coming up so that you won't just hear me prattle on all the time. But in the meantime, here is um, the episode of At the Intersection, which is the new name for um, what was called the weekly check-in, the videos that I do. Um, and the title of this episode is, Did Jesus Die for Our Sins? So here is the episode. Christ is risen indeed. So just before we go into this week's um, video, there's been a little bit of a name change. Instead of kind of calling this a weekly check-in, I'm going to kind of call it at the intersection. Um, just because a lot of the videos that we're talking about are usually at the intersection of our faith and how we live that out in our, our public life. So just a little bit about the name change. So we have gone through Holy Week and Easter Sunday, 
Curious how you all are doing. I'm doing okay. It was nice to have a day off, the day after Easter. Kind of as a pastor, you're still kind of recovering after all of the busyness. So, but that comes with the territory. So it always seems like every time during the season of Lent, especially as we get closer and closer to Holy Week and Easter, we're always presented with something somewhere about kind of the basic questions of Christian faith, whether it's kind of a, did Jesus exist or did this all happen historically? Um, There are always those kind of questions as we get closer and closer to Easter. And so one of those questions that I saw this year was this. Why did Christ die? Was Christ killed because he offended those that were in power? Uh, The religious leaders, the leaders of the Roman Empire? Or did he die to atone for humanity's sins? Now, there was this meme that had been going around, maybe it was a few weeks ago, in the run-up towards Easter, that claims that the reason Jesus died was not to die for our sins, but it was because he stood up to empire, in this case, the Roman Empire. And then, especially around the week of Holy Week, there was an article that I started to see around Facebook um, by the theologian Miguel de la Torre, where he basically is picking up this theme and stating that Christ's death on the cross was not salvific, that it really didn't do anything, it didn't save anyone, um, it didn't have any healing properties. And he goes even farther to say, when it's kind of talking about suffering, that there really isn't anything that is redemptive about suffering. In fact, this whole talk of redemptive suffering is very hurtful to people of color and how that has been used and how the church has been used historically to oppress African Americans, Native Americans, Latinos, and others. Now, I'm gonna say straight up that I have some problems with how they look at this. Not necessarily because I think it's heretical, I I don't actually, there are some things there I agree with, but because I think it's kind of limiting. But while I have kind of not crazy about that, and I think, like I said, it's kind of limiting. It does force you to ask some questions. Why did Christ die on the cross? Why does it all matter? Now, you know, again, as I said, this is kind of limiting. It also seems sometimes really binary, that it's, it's basically, it's either Jesus died for our sins or Jesus stood up against empire. It can't be both. That's not the way the Bible presents it. Now, that is the way in some cases I think American Christianity does it. We kind of tend to split it down the middle, that either the faith, our faith is about social justice and caring for others, or it's about personal salvation. It can't be both. It's an either-or thing. But if you read Scripture, what I learned and what I hope that if you read scripture, you will learn, is that it actually is both. It's a both and. It's not an either or. Paul, The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 that, and he says it straight up, Christ died for our sins. 
And if I went a little bit farther into the Bible, into the book of James, that the writer of that book is pretty plain when he says that faith, if you don't, if you have faith, but it's not backed up with how you're living, kind of works what you're doing, faith doesn't mean much. So in the Bible, sin isn't simply a personal thing. It's also a social thing. Sometimes one of the reasons that we don't like the whole Jesus dying for our sins, apart from the fact that that means that we are not perfect people and that we mess up and mess up sometimes pretty badly, is because we don't like the fact of Jesus having to die to appease an angry God. And that's kind of what uh, De La Torre is getting at. And I should add, I will put his article in the descriptions for you to read. But I think that that misses the whole concept, especially of the Trinity, and also I think of the heart of God. Now, when you read the Bible, what I learned was that God really wanted to be in relationship with humanity. Was God angry? Yes. But the anger was not one of a God that needed to be appeased. It was a God that was hurt a God that wanted to be in relationship with humanity and humanity again and again and again, rejecting God, trying to follow other gods. When Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't about appeasing an angry sky God, but it was about God in Jesus trying to mend a relationship that had been broken. One of my favorite verses in all of scripture is Romans 5 eight, And it goes kind of like this, that God showed his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So cross, Christ dying on a cross is not about appeasing the sky God. It's, and it's more than just a government, an oppressive government, putting yet another dissenter to death. Christ's death on the cross is about sin, it's about grace, and it's also, and it is also about standing up to injustice. But I think most of all, it's about love. The problem with the meme and with the essay is that to get to where they're getting at, you kind of have to ignore, ignore a lot of what scripture says and a whole lot of what church history says. It reduces Jesus to kind of just another activist, another activist against another oppressive government. The Methodist pastor, Jason Michelli, I think is right when he says this following. And he says, quote, if Jesus is fundamentally nothing more than an anti-imperial political activist who died an unfortunate death, and all the evangelists, then the apostles, all the fathers and mothers of the ancient church, all those who formed the tradition, and all those who reformed it, then all of them would be the very worst communicators. I'll be honest that I think that only seeing God or seeing that our sins had nothing to do with it makes God more distant instead of personal. In fact, the anti-imperial viewpoint, as Michelle calls it, makes God seem either very silent 
or even non-existent. God just doesn't seem to be involved in the whole situation. But I think that a more holistic version of the, of the message, a whole holistic understanding of God on the cross, shows one where God is involved. And it shows a God that is interested in justice. There's a scene from the movie Amistad, and Amistad is, is the movie that tells a story of a group of enslaved Africans that rebel on, on a slave ship for their freedom. And they're in the United States, and they are being put on trial. They are right at that point in prison, and there is a communication between two enslaved gentlemen. In that clip, one of them is being had been given a Bible, and of course, he can't understand the words coming from where, because he doesn't understand English, but he's looking at the pictures. And he can see and understands the story of Jesus. And he understands that here was this man that was innocent, that was caring and loving, and who was put to death. He is able to communicate this story of Jesus. And the young man ends up identifying with Jesus, especially as he suffers and dies on the cross. Because here is an innocent man that enters into suffering. And as someone he is, who he is, who is enslaved, sitting in a jail cell, because he fought for freedom, he got it. He understood it. He understood who this Jesus was. Now, we know that Christ didn't just die on the cross. That's not the end of the story. And, of course, what we celebrate a few days ago and continue to celebrate through the season of Easter is that Jesus rose from the dead, that death is ultimately defeated. Even the powers of Rome could not keep Jesus in the grave. So in 1984, the band U2 released their album, The Unforgettable Fire. And one of their the singles that was released from that album was Pride in the Name of Love. Many of you probably are familiar with it. Now, it's pretty obvious if you hear the lyrics that this was a song that was a tribute to Martin Luther King Jr. But you 2 being a band that was made up mostly of Christians, were going to include some Jesus in that, hymn, in that song. And there is some Christ-like language in there. If you listen closely, where... They're not just talking about Martin Luther King. They're also talking about Jesus. Now, one could say that they were talking about how Martin Luther King and Jesus were the same. Two people fighting against injustice who were cut down in their prime. Now, I want to argue, though, that this song really was talking about discipleship. It's really talking about Martin Luther King who is a committed Christian, who seeks to live the life of Jesus so much so that he identifies to the point of giving up his own life for the sake of others. This is not simply one person emulating another worker for justice, but it is a follower of Jesus echoing what 
his Savior did. Because Christ died for our sins, both the personal and political, including the sins of Martin Luther King, King was able to live for others and through his sacrifice made a difference in the world. So did Christ die for our sins or did he stand up to injustice? The answer is yes. It's always yes. Godspeed, everyone. Take care. I'll see you soon. So I hope that you enjoyed that episode and um, there are some links to the articles that I mentioned um, in the show notes. So definitely um, go there to learn a little bit more. Um, Wanted to share a few things before uh, this episode wraps up. The first is that on Substack, um, the episodes and uh, podcasts and then the articles, you don't have to pay for them. But if you want to, you can also do that. Um, I I do know there have been a few people that have paid um, for the uh, subscription, a year subscription, which is 60 bucks or it's five bucks a month. Um, And feel free to do that. You can. Um, And you can do that when you're on Substack. It does go towards helping paying for the cost of some things like the said new platform that I'll be using to record podcasts um, and some other things. So um, if you're liking liking what you hear and want to support uh, Church in Maine, please uh, consider making a donation. It can be five bucks a month, it, uh, 60 bucks a year. Um, and I also try to make something in there um, if you just want to leave a, a one-time donation or a little bit. Um, um, I will try to put a button in there. It may not be for this up. Ep- it probably won't be for this episode, but for future ones. But um, if you want to do the five bucks a month or 60 bucks a year, I will, it will be greatly appreciated. And thank you so much. Um, if you want to find out more, if you want to subscribe to church in Maine, and again, it doesn't really cost anything to subscribe. Um, you can go to, um, churchinmaine.substack.com. That's all one word. Uh, Church in Maine is all one word. And then .substack.com. There is another website where we are on, which is uh, churchinmaine.org. The other thing is, is that there is a, um, maybe you have heard that Substack is offering a new feature called Notes. Um, Notes is kind of like, Twitter in some ways, though I don't think they have a word limit, but it's for shorter pieces or shorter thoughts. Um, and that has, that's now available for people that just actually rolled out this week. 
um, I guess that caused some problems um, with Elon Musk and Twitter and that they're, I guess, for some reason, I don't know if that's changed or not, but they weren't able to um, embed Substack posts for some reason. Um, I have tried it. Notes, it seems like it's really cool. I like it. Um, I may actually hang out there more now. Um, we'll see. But um, if you go to Substack, you can, um, there is a post up that talks about it um, at my Substack, and you can uh, follow the instructions. And um, would love to do, uh, that you would join me there. And I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to use it, what I'm going to use it. Um, but, you know, it'll be a pilot place where I will be sharing um, some more thoughts. Um, and that may not be long enough for a whole article or for a podcast. Um, so I do hope that you will join me there. And you can find all of that at uh, churchinmaine, all one word, substack.com. So that is it for this episode of Church in Maine, which is episode 138. And I do uh, think you will be having some interviews coming up very soon. And I apologize that things haven't been, there's just been some problems with um, my old platform. And then, of course, on top of that was last week was Holy Week. So as a pastor, I'm always busy doing stuff on that time. So um, there will be more interviews coming in the near future. Um, so just uh, be patient. But I hope that this was a helpful episode. And um do share these podcasts with people that you know. Um, get the message out to others. I uh, would love that you can share that. Um, and also, if you can leave a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to this on. So this is uh, Church in Maine, the podcast that is at the intersection of faith and modern life. My name is Dennis Sanders. I'm your host. Take care. Godspeed. And I will see you all very soon.